0: Hello. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, everyone. It's Cooper. Hello. Oh, my friends, my friends. Um I am so I'm so happy to connect with you guys today. Um good morning. As you are connecting, please say hi. Um I always love to know who I'm connecting with today and uh every time that I do, you know, live streams and we're working in multiple platforms right now and also will be on my podcast. So if you see me looking around, it's because I'm looking at uh, different audiences everywhere. Uh, good morning to all. Um, my name is Jen Cooper. For those of you that I haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, um, I certainly hope that that change is moving forward and that we can connect somewhere in the online space. Um, I wanted to share a story with you guys today, if you'll allow me to. Um, my first question is, if you are following me or connected with me in some way, shape or form, you are probably an entrepreneur. You are probably in some type of small business. More than likely, you are probably in the wonderful world of network marketing or direct sales. Um, so I'd actually love to know, like, where do you guys all fall in my audience? What do you do for work? Um, and I, you know, I was doing some, I was doing my morning ritual. Um, I do every single day. And if I sound nasally, it's because I'm fighting a cold right now. And bilateral ear infections too. But really important, I, if I'm shouting at you, it's because I literally can't hear right now. <laughs> but I felt really compelled uh, to come on here and connect with you guys. Um, and share something from my heart. Uh, you know, anytime that I am putting something out on social Uh, or in conversations with people, um, I'm always asking myself what people need. And it's really hard to, um, I'm not just actually, I'm not just asking myself what people need. I'm also asking myself, if they don't know what they need, what is, I pay attention to what I feel could be holding them back. From really getting a taste of of their true potential, really getting a taste of the greatness that they were designed to experience in their lives. Um, I know that sounds really, you know, big and, you know, big and fancy and and far fetched, but that's what I do. I am a big i'm a i'm not fancy <laughs> who am i kidding but i am big and far-fetched when it comes to business and when it comes to life and when it comes to you know helping our dreams um have an opportunity to manifest that is important to me and i i i want that to be more important to you know the people i have the opportunity to connect with um because i believe that we all are designed for a bigger purpose and you know, I know that Les Brown. Uh, believe Les Brown is somebody I have followed <laughs> probably for, I don't know, 17 years. I have tuned into him. I've seen him speak four or five times, um, and the man always gets to me. And he was part of my content that uh, with my personal development this morning. That even if I haven't slept all night, even if I am up changing the sheets because my kid wet the one of my four kids wet the bed. Um, even if you know my baby's not sleeping she's 7 months old and still not sleeping through the night no matter what i am committed to getting up about 4:35 uh 4:30 Not 4.30 or 5, 4.35 every day. And I do my gratitude. I do my personal development, no matter how tired I am, no matter where I am in life, no matter how busy things are, no matter how little sleep I got, because I found that no matter where I'm at, that morning routine is the one thing that I can control. And something um, resonated with me this morning that Les was talking about, Um, and I don't remember the exact words, but it was along the lines of how when he was growing up, he was always identified as the dumb twin because he's a twin brother. Or he has a, uh, he and his brother are twins. He was his brother Wesley, he's Leslie. His brother Wesley was always known as the smarter one, the one that, you know, people would say, people would actually nickname Les DT, meaning dumb twin. And it got me thinking about everything he's accomplished and everything he's grown through to become literally one of the top five speakers on planet Earth, Um, you know, and coming from that place where. He was told that literally, he was spoken into this. this, These words spoken into him from the children in his circle, from the adults around him, and teachers in his in his network, literally thought of him and know him as the dumb twin. And I start to ask myself, did I ever, you know, how do people that you know have have experienced that type of imprint in their minds imprint in their subconscious how do they go on to do what it is they do that is you know something significant like like beyond significant wouldn't you say that les brown is beyond a significant human and impacted On such a deep level my life and I can't imagine how many other entrepreneurs he has touched at a deep deep level and it got me thinking about all the things that I would consider things that I'm proud of in my life things that I've achieved that I'm proud of and I thought deeper about each of those things and I want to share something with you friends I know what it's like to feel like the dumbest one in the room. I know what it's like to have imposter syndrome so bad that you almost don't recognize yourself in the mirror because of the clothes that you're wearing in efforts to um, impress other people. And I started thinking to myself back in my early days of how I grew into you know, becoming successful at work and then going on to take some of those skills to be successful in the entrepreneurial space, in in multiple platforms, because I am no different than you. Um, But there's one thing that I think maybe I might be different than you in one small way. I am willing to look dumb. I'm willing to look dumb and I'm willing to feel dumb In certain environments, that I know something great is on the other side. How do I know? How how am I willing to do this? Because each of those successful things, the things that I would consider deep and meaningful to me, all started with feeling like the dumbest one at that thing. You know, I want. Can I share a little example of this, a story with you? Um, back in 2005, I remember I was working three jobs. I could barely pay rent. I was like, I was, I was, I had no idea where, what my calling was in the world. And I used to wait tables. Anybody else? we used to wait tables. I always say every person should have to wait tables at some point in their life to experience what it's like to work with, uh, with, with people and communicate with the humans. Right. I learned so much being a waitress and, um, oh, I'm so glad that you are feeling this. I haven't even gotten to the good part yet. Um, because when I was lost I I didn't know where I belonged in the world but the multiple jobs that I did have that I didn't I wasn't making ends meet I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills I thought I was going to get evicted from my my crappy apartment and I remember feeling like I was so dumb for not knowing where I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing and so one time I served a table of a bunch of high like 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 super high profiled state farm executives for state farm insurance. And at that dinner table, um, mind you, even though I didn't know where I was going in the world, the work that I had in front of me, I always tried to Do with excellence. I tried to, you know, be a waitress that people wanted to come back and see. I tried to, um, you know, be a tumbling coach that, you know, people wanted, um, people spoke about out in the community that they wanted their uh, their all star cheerleaders to um, be able to learn learn gymnastics from. I wanted anything that I did, even though it didn't pay me well, and even though I had no idea where I was going, and I couldn't even pay the bills. I wanted to, it was important to me to do things with excellence. Um, And I'm so glad that I did because those things really did, you know, go on to pay off. At that dinner with those state farm executives, I am nowhere, I mean, they were out, I was like trying to earn 50 bucks. They were earning, oh my God, hundreds and hundreds, probably millions, my friends. Okay. And uh, so I, uh, who was I to speak with these people? And the only reason, That in 2005, I ended up giving up one of my jobs, my waitressing career, and going into exploring the idea of uh, medical sales is because at that table, before leaving, one of the guys, one of the, you know, high profile, like big in charge, big wigs pulled me aside and said, little girl, I don't know what you are destined to do, but I'm telling you, you're going to make a lot of money doing it. I can tell you that right now. And I thought to myself, this guy doesn't even know me. And that's an example right there, friends. Have you ever gone on to achieve something or do something, not because you believed that you could, but because someone else believed in you and you actually hesitantly, skeptically, didn't even really believe them, but you went on to do something because that person believed that you could? Have you ever felt, have you ever had an experience like that, friends? Because that was me and that was that man. That was that corporate, you know, you know, in a slick suit, like paid for the whole dinner. That was that person to me. And in that same year, I went on, he actually said, I don't know if you've ever looked at medical sales, but I think you'd be an incredible farmer rep. I went on to explore what that even means. I didn't know what that meant. to be a a drug rep, right? And so I only started exploring it because somebody thought that I could. And I ended up, through different channels, getting connected with a recruiter for pharmaceutical sales. They actually recruited cheerleaders, which was me. I was a professional cheerleader. I'm sure you probably couldn't guess that. And they, I actually landed with a company, an agency that recruits all star, recruits cheerleaders into uh, medical sales positions. I was dirt poor; I couldn't even buy a suit, friends. So when they started, you know, getting me on interview, getting me on interviews, they would ask, and I would be like, "What do I do? Like, I don't, I, I don't even know where to begin." These people look fancy when I'm doing reading and I'm looking on the internet what medical reps look like sound like what are they like I remember thinking that is not me like I'm not fancy I I, I you know I when I say how dumb I felt and how dumb I still am willing to feel guys back then like I got I'm pretty sure I got like an like a 980 on my SATs after taking them two times that was the average. Okay. So I was not the smartest one in the room. So, knowing like going into these interviews, my boyfriend's mother had to buy me a suit because I couldn't afford anything that wasn't like a hand me down that didn't even fit and something like from a consignment store. And the options were very, you know, poor and they didn't look good. You know, they didn't look like a medical rep. And so, I began interviewing with the worst imposter syndrome. (laughs) Like I felt so dumb and I only, you know, like anybody in an interview, you know, when you're going on interviews, you're so nervous and your gut is like in knots and, and all that you really want is for it to be a good experience and for them to like you, right? I feel so, side note, I feel so many people in the entrepreneurial space, are so afraid and so concerned with people's approval ratings of them that they are literally afraid to look and sound dumb. And I'm telling you right now, friends, your willingness to be the dumb one in the room, I'm just going to say it, and feel like the imposter in the room, like you don't belong. The more willing you are To put yourself in those shoes, your miracles and your millions are on the other side of how willing you are to look and feel dumb. There's no difference between you and me, except my willingness to look dumb in front of other people. Now, let me go back to finish this example one interview about five to six interviews in all told no all told you know i they wanted somebody with more experience and I remember thinking how am I supposed to get experience if nobody's gonna is willing to give me experience how am I going to get the experience I know I can do this I don't know how I'm gonna do it but I know I can do this if somebody gives me a chance and here's what I remember about that fifth or sixth interview. I was in a very uncomfortable situation with two egotistical, uh, very pompous executives and, and one executive and one manager, both dudes, both, you know, high and mighty on a pedestal made me feel really small. Have you ever gone into a situation, friends, and felt like really small? It was It, it was at that interview. I'll never forget it. You know, during interviews in medical sales, they will often put something in front of you to make you feel really uncomfortable and see your ability to navigate whatever item or study or product or, you know, package insert of a product that they carry. They want to see your, your, uh, how you respond. And I'll never forget when the manager pointed at this brochure of this product that I was interviewing for. He pointed to the word contraindication. Anybody know what a contraindication is? Um, because at that time, I was 25 years old. Oh my God, I want to cry thinking about it. I felt so dumb. He was purposely trying to make me feel small and prove a point. And he proved it. He did prove a point. He put that word in front of me and said, What's that word? And I, I could barely pronounce it. I was so nervous. I was so nervous and already felt so scared, already knew that they didn't like me. <laughs> right. And he said, And I said, Contra indic- indicative, contra indication. And that's how I spit out the words. And he literally looked at the executive and he laughed at me. And he said, we're done here. He said, thanks for coming. I walked out that door. I thought I was going to, I literally, uh, up to that point, I felt so much like an imposter during every interview. Who was I to think that I could do something like medical sales when I knew I was not the smartest in the room? Who was I to think that I could prance around in a fancy suit and high heels that I never wore in my life? Literally, I'd go into these interviews praying to God, please don't, please, please don't make me fall on my face. Please don't make me fall on my face when I'm trying to make a good impression. And I wobbled out of that room and I went into that public bathroom and I collapsed on the floor in tears. I Collapsed in tears. If you were me at that time, would you have thrown in the towel? Are you at a place in your business right now that you don't feel smart enough, skilled enough, capable enough, that you don't feel like you're doing it enough like the other people that are doing the things that you want to do? Are you? Are you in a place like that right now in your business where you're seeing other people that you want to do the things that they do, but you feel like I did wobbling out of that room in those heels that I didn't belong in, feeling like a total imposter, so dumb. Who was the girl that couldn't, you know, could barely do well? I don't know if you can pass SATs, (laughs) but like I couldn't even break four digits on my SATs. Who was I? Who was I to be? in a position like that or think that I could do what those other medical reps do. But that guy from State Farm said that he thought I could. And he thought that I was capable. He thought that whatever I did, I was going to make a lot of money doing. I, I didn't believe him, but I remembered. Let me ask you something, friends. Why are you listening to those around you that are telling you that you can't do the thing? Why aren't you listening to someone like the state farm guy? Even if you don't believe the person that's telling you that you can, even if you don't believe right now that you can do it, why are you listening to the people in your circle that are holding you back from tasting your potential? Why aren't you listening to the people that are speaking life into you like me right now? telling you one of the most embarrassing stories that I never forgot. I was traumatized. Are you wondering what happened next? How many of you would have quit? How many of you are ready to quit now in your businesses because that's how you feel too, that you're so far away, that you're that other people are doing it, but certainly you can't, especially if you are a network marketer. Yeah, I see other people doing it, but it just, <laughs> just seems really far-fetched for someone like me. If you don't have a college education or even a high school diploma, are you, are you in that place right now, friends? Allow me to speak some life into you, please, right now, because here's what's happened. Here's what happened next. Contraindication became something that I never forgot. It actually became something that I went on to speak of quite often, and I still do today. Okay? That day on that bathroom floor, when I was in a pile, I thought to myself, okay, I can stand up and I can call my recruiter and disappoint her again that I couldn't close the deal that she put me in front of, or I can say, listen, I've got room to grow but i'm here for it and i will be here for it until so that's what i did called her up in my car wiping the snot bubble tears off my face the mascara dripping down my face i said i don't know how i'm going to do it but i am going to do it i am going to be there i will do the thing i don't know when and at that point i had only interviewed about in, in five or six interviews I went on full imposter syndrome and all to interview with about five more companies, about five to six more grueling interviews after that. Told no. Told we're moving forward with somebody else that has more experience. Nope, other people are doing it. Why not me? Other people are succeeding in network marketing. Why not you? So I went on, let's just say my final interview where I finally was given a chance. And that opened up a whole slew. That's a whole other conversation about how hard that was when I first got started. Literally, I almost got fired because once again, I was the dumbest one on the team. But I was willing because I had learned. If I was willing to continue to feel dumb, if I was willing to borrow someone else's belief before I had it in myself, then I could do it too. Borrow my belief in you right now, my friends. If you need it, take it because I've got enough to go around. I went on my final interview with two really great managers uh, and regional vice president, a regional vice president and an area manager. And we had a great conversation. And I remember he said, we'll be in touch. And I walked out of that room feeling good, the best I ever felt. And somebody that felt that good and that confident may have just thrown, you know, may have just called it right then. But I was like, no way, no way. I took off my high heels. I ran up the block in Philadelphia, and I bought this this trinkety, you know, cheap little card with dollar signs on it. And I went to the party aisle where it had like, you know, like the the little you know the uh, goodie bags, like take home bags that kids have for their birthday parties. Well, there was this one that had like a a bag of like twenty of these things. I only needed one. It was a first place medal. It was a first place medal. And I shoved it in that envelope. You see, back then people, you know, people that uh do the medical sales thing, they're like fancy and schmancy and they they craft an email and they they a punctuation is all right and everything is like beautiful into the nines, da-da-da-da-da. Uh-uh. I ran my ass up the block to the CVS and I got a card with dollar cartoon dollar signs on it, trinkety cheap little plastic, you know, uh first place um first place medals that you hang around your neck. I took one of those 20 medals. I I wrote a note and I said, I know you're here looking for the one. And I'm telling you right now, I am the one that you're looking for. It only takes one to take this team to the next level. And I took, that do- I took that medal, one of those medals, I shoved it in the envelope and I closed it all up and it looked all bunchy and weird and like a kid did it. And I ran it back up to that hotel and I asked the front desk, I said, please deliver this to room 232. And I told them I was going to be in the lobby and I wasn't getting on my plane to go home until they gave me a chance. And I'm sure that they interviewed a lot smarter people. A lot of people that weren't as dumb as I was when it came to reading the fancy schmancy medical stuff. But I was determined to be willing to feel and look dumb. And that actually ended up becoming my superpower. And it can be yours too. Everything that you're afraid of doing right now because of your fear of feeling dumb and looking dumb to others I want you to know that everything that you were put on this earth to do for the rest of your life, all the great things that you were meant to do are on the other side of how willing you are to look and feel dumb around others. Because I went on each of these uh, following things that I did in my life that I'm most proud of. I was hands down the least talented when I started. I was hands down the most unintelligent, because it took me a longer time to learn things than a lot of people. I went on to be in the top 1% in medical sales in both companies that I was a part of. I went on to train both at a corporate level and also a field level to train other people. And it all started with being willing to look dumb. Everything I've done in my life that I'm proud of and that has made me Millions at this point are on the other side of how dumb I was willing to look. So I share that with you because whatever you are afraid of looking like right now, I promise you that if you can just push on through and you can action through the imposter syndrome, who you are meant to be is on the other side of that. And the impact that you you were designed To leave in this world and on others, it's on the other side of how dumb you are willing to look and how willing you are to put yourself out there. In the face of judgment of others, because here's the truth, you're going to get judged no matter what you do. Shouldn't you get judged at least giving it a shot? If you don't, you're going to get judged. If you do, you're going to get judged. Wouldn't you rather move closer to your success and take a shot? None of those people are laughing at me now. And they won't be laughing at you either. But you got to be willing to put yourself out there. And you got to be willing to feel and look dumb. Thank you for letting me share this with you, friends. I hope this encourages you. I would love to know your favorite takeaway. That was a pivotal moment in my life. And I hope that your next move, that you feel dumb, I hope that's the pivotal moment that you teach on and tell a story on when you are achieving levels of success that you've always dreamed of and that you deserve. Thanks, guys.